Thank you, Barry, for leading that beautiful singing. If you want to flip over to Nehemiah chapter 4, that's where we're going to be tonight. Nehemiah 4. We started a few weeks ago going over the book of Nehemiah, one chapter a week, and now we've gotten to chapter 4. So if you want to flip over there, that's where we'll be all night tonight. Sometimes in life, we are going to face opposition. And especially being God's people, Christians in the midst of a sinful, uh, cruel world at times, we are going to face opposition. We, it's just a fact of life. I can think about a situation back in 2021, the Woodstock Church of Christ up in Woodstock, Georgia, uh, had a situation with a member of their congregation who was engaging in some homosexual behavior. And the elders, as far as I could gather and what I heard, handled that situation as, as best as they could, as biblically as they could. And yet, they came under huge, uh, uh, huge amounts of criticism for their response to this member in their congregation. People were going online and spreading all types of false things about this congregation and, and basically uh, drove their reviews down even on Google, even though they have never been there. They were giving them zero stars or one star, things like that. Um, and I don't know all the details there, and I'm not trying to get, get into all of that. But those type of situations happen where the church meets opposition. And it happened in that case at, at the Woodstock Church, and, and they, they kept pressing along. But, but that's happened. And I'm sure we could talk about many other situations like that in which the church takes a stand on a particular issue, and people have problems with it. People may even hurl insults and, and say negative things about Christians or about the, the church at large. I think some other ways we can uh, face opposition is, is from the atheistic and skeptical community. It seems like more and more people are becoming Bible skeptics, questioning the Bible and questioning our beliefs as Christians. And, and for as much as we meet here and talk about faith and about God, there are other people who are trying to do the exact opposite and say that all we're doing here is basically a sham. It's basically a joke is what some, some would have us to believe. And of course we know that's not the case, but that, that happens. People will maybe ridicule us for our beliefs or talk negatively about our beliefs. I think sometimes we could just face rejection when we try to preach the gospel or we try to tell people about God, tell people about his son, we may be opposed. We, we may meet people who just reject it, maybe ridicule us, make fun of us, turn us down, all types of things. I think we can meet opposition collectively as a church, but also individually. In our, in our individual lives, we may meet opposition. The question tonight is, how do we overcome opposition? How do we respond when we are opposed, when, when people try to contradict what we're doing or what we believe in, how do we respond to that? And it's very important because, again, we're living in a world where we will be opposed at times. And our response is so very careful because, or it has to be so very careful, because if, if, if it's not, we can say things or do things that are not appropriate. And it can give a picture to, every, to people about the church. And so we've got to be careful how we overcome being opposed. I think a really great place to go is Nehemiah chapter 4. Because in Nehemiah, throughout the book, but in particular in chapter 4, the people meet very, very heavy opposition. 
And we looked two weeks ago when I spoke in Nehemiah 2, they met opposition there. And we kind of talked briefly about that, but tonight we're going to talk more extensively about overcoming opposition and responding to those who oppose us. And Nehemiah and the people rebuilding the wall are a great, great example of what we can do when we meet opposition. So let's look at that tonight. A few points here tonight of how we can overcome opposition. Number one, how we can overcome opposition is to just hand it over to God. We've got to hand over our problems to God. Let's look at the first several verses here in Nehemiah chapter 4. Here's what it says. Now it came about that when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became furious and very angry and mocked the Jews. He spoke in the presence of his brothers and the wealthy men of Samaria and said, What are these feeble Jews doing? Are they going to restore it for themselves? Can they offer sacrifices? Can they finish in a day? Can they revive the stones from the dusty rubble, even the burned ones? Now Tobiah the Ammonite was near him, and he said, Even what they are building, if a fox should jump on it, he would break their stone wall down. Hear, O our God, how we are despised. Return their reproach on their own heads and give them up to plunder in a land of captivity. Do not forgive their iniquity and let not their sin be blotted out before you, for they have demoralized the builders. So we built the wall, and the whole wall was joined together to half its height, for the people had a mind to work. Now when Samballot, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the Ashdodites heard that the repair of the walls of Jerusalem went on and that the breaches began to be closed, they were very angry. All of them conspired together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to cause a disturbance in it. But we prayed to our God, and because of them, we set up a guard against them day and night. You can see, again, the, the, the same guys show up from Nehemiah chapter 2, Sanballat and Tobiah. They're kind of the ringleaders of all of this opposition. And you can just see, I can almost just hear their tone. Obviously, we can't hear their tone, really, but reading it, you can almost hear how much of a mockery they are making of Nehemiah and those rebuilding the wall in Jerusalem. They are just completely throwing this, uh, throwing this away. I mean, they, just, they can't stand what's happening. It says they're greatly displeased. They're angry. But notice Sam Ballot. He begins to mock the people. Okay? And it says that he's you know, jeering them, but he calls them feeble, first and foremost. He says, look at these feeble Jews. And I can just see, you know, this Israel, that God's people that are back here rebuilding the wall, it, it's not the, the, it is God's people, but it's not the same as when David was king under Israel's heyday, this large nation. This is a returned exile group. And, and I'm sure they're looking at the, the walls of Jerusalem broken down. And they're like, how weak these people are. I mean, just look at how weak they are and how small they are compared to us. They're feeble. And he continues going on. He says, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore it for themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they finish up in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of rubbish and burned ones at that? In essence, he's, he's saying, are they really going to be able to finish this? Are they really going to get back to where they were before this was all destroyed? And, and the answer in his mind is, no, it's not going to happen. And you can see he's even saying, hey, those stones you have to use, they're burnt ones. You, you have to use burned stones from the rubble to rebuild this wall. I mean, come on. And you can just see how much of a mockery they're making of this. And then Tobiah chimes in. And he says, hey, even if a fox hopped up on this wall, it would tear it down. 
And now, listen, foxes are not known for being these superimposing creatures, right? They're known for being kind of uh, quick and sly. And he, that's what he's saying. He's saying even a small animal like a fox is going to tear this wall down. They are being made fun of, basically. And you know what? If you're making fun of God's people and God's mission, you're basically making fun of God as well. You're making a mockery of God, too. And so look what uh, Nehemiah says in verse 4. He says, hear, O our God. He hands it over to God. He doesn't go over there and slap them in the face or start beating them up or he doesn't start hurling insults back at them. He says, hear, O our God. Hear what they're saying to us, God, and, and return it back to them. Return it on their heads. He gives it over to God. Now, some people say, well, hold on a second. Nehemiah's reaction is a little bit harsh here, right? He's calling for them to, to be plundered in a land of captivity. He's calling on God to not forgive them. Well, again, this is a he's calling for a just punishment, really. And if you go through the Psalms, you see stuff like this. They're called imprecatory Psalms, where the psalmist will call down curses or some type of punishment upon their enemies. They leave it in God's hands. And that's what Nehemiah is doing. He's saying, God, please look at what they're doing, making a mockery of us, making a mockery of you, and turn it back on them. But I'm leaving it in your hands. And then notice verse 9, but we prayed to our God. They prayed to God. And we've noticed this several times, that in this book, they continue to pray to God. They continue to go to him with their problems, with everything that they're facing. Here's the question for us. When we meet opposition, really, when we go through anything tough, do we go to God first? Who do we go to first? I think many times we seek help from other people. We may seek help from uh, ministers, and that's a great thing. But I think the first place we should go is to God. With every problem that we've got, with the opposition that we may face, we need to go to him because nothing is too tough for our God. Nothing. Later in the chapter, Nehemiah says this in Nehemiah 4, verse 14, And I looked and arose and said to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people, Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. Fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. He says, remember this awesome God that we serve, the great and awesome God. We don't just serve any God, any normal God. We talked about that last week, right? The one true God, that's who we serve. And he can handle our problems. It reminds me of Jeremiah 32, verse 17, which says this. Ah, Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Any opposition that we face... It's not too hard for God. It's not too difficult for him. He can handle it, but we've got to hand it over to him. Too many times we try to take it upon ourselves and we react. And folks, we'll talk about this here in a minute too. Too many Christians have, have acted too hastily and said things that have really damaged the reputation of the church. We need to first and foremost hand our opposition, the opposition we face, any problem we face, we need to go to God in prayer about it. We need to talk to our Father. He wants to know and He wants to help. So that's number one. Number two, we need to keep working. When we meet opposition, we just need to keep working. Look at Nehemiah 4, verse 6. I love how it just says, in the midst of them facing opposition, verse 6 says, so we built the wall. 
So we built the wall, and the whole wall was joined together to half its height, for the people had a mind to work. And if you go down to verses 17 and 18, and we'll get to this in a few minutes, it says this, Those who were rebuilding the wall and those who carried burdens took their load with one hand doing the work and the other hand holding a weapon. As for the builders, each wore his sword girded at his side as he built while the trumpeteer stood near me. Even in the midst of this opposition, some of the people are carrying the burdens and, and building the wall, and they're also holding swords. They're still going, even in the midst of facing this opposition. And yes, they're, they're holding swords just in case an attack comes, but they're still building as well. And you can see that I could see them holding a stone in one hand and holding a sword or a spear in the other, and they're still going. They're still putting stones down to build this wall. And again, it's really easy for us, I think, when we meet opposition to just stop working, to think, listen, we've been ridiculed too much. We, we can't keep going. Or, or we've been made fun of this much. We, we can't keep pushing on. Or people are opposing our views or whatever. We just can't. We've got to throw in the towel. No, we have to keep pressing on. We've got to continue the work of the Lord. The work of the Lord can never stop. It's, it has to keep going on. No matter what we face, no matter what goes on, we've got to keep pressing forward. And so even amidst the opposition and the mocking that these people are facing, they kept the right attitude. They had the right attitude to work, and it progressed well. They just kept going, and they just kept going. And I think this points to their opposition as well. I mean, their, sorry, their opposition. It, it points to their endurance. They just kept enduring in this opposition. What about us when we face opposition? Do we just throw in the towel, or do we keep going? Do we endure? And so that's the second point, is to keep on working even through it. Number three is make necessary preparations. Make necessary preparations. And we're going to read here uh, Nehemiah chapter 4, starting in verse 10. Thus in Judah it was said, The strength of the burden bearers is failing, yet there is much rubbish, and we ourselves are unable to rebuild the wall. Our enemies said, They will not know or see until we come among them, kill them, and put a stop to the work. When the Jews who lived near them came and told us ten times, they will come up against us from every place where you may turn. Then I stationed men in the lowest parts of the space, behind the wall, the exposed places, and I stationed the people in families with their swords, spears, and bows. When I saw their fear, I rose and spoke to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome, and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses." And when our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had frustrated their plan, then all of us returned to the wall, each one to his work. From that day on, half of my servants carried on the work, while half of them held the spears, the shields, the bows, and the breastplates. And the captains were behind the whole house of Judah. Those who were rebuilding the wall and those who carried burdens took their load with one hand doing the work and the other hand holding a weapon. As for the builders, each wore his sword girded at his side as he built. While the trumpeteer stood near me, I said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, the work is great and extensive, and we are separated on the wall far from one another. At whatever place you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there. Our God will fight for us. So we carried on the work with half of them holding spears from dawn until the stars appeared. At that time, I also said to the people, let each man with his servant spend the night within Jerusalem so that they may be a guard for us by night and a laborer by day. 
So neither I, my brothers, my servants, nor the men of the guard who followed me, none of us removed our clothes. Each took his weapon even to the water. So if you go back to the beginning of that reading there, in verse 10, it actually seems that the builders are getting a little bit discouraged. Did you notice what verse 10 says? It says this, In Judah it was said, The strength of those who bear the burdens is failing. There is too much rubble. By ourselves we will not be able to rebuild the wall. And so it seems that maybe fatigue is setting in. They're getting tired of rebuilding and, and putting these stones in. And maybe the opposition is maybe kind of getting to them. And they're thinking, man, this is getting, this is getting tough. And, and they're, they're maybe struggling with this a little bit. And in fact, it actually looks like the, the work stopped for a little bit. Because if you look in verse 15, it says, All of us return to the wall, each one to his work. So it seems that maybe for a little time, not a, I don't think an indefinite amount of time, but it seems that maybe the work stopped for a little bit because fatigue was setting in and, and the opposition may have been getting to them. But they returned to the wall eventually. But you see what the opposition says in verse 11? In verse 11 it says, They will not know or see until we come among them, kill them, and put a stop to the work. The people who were trying to oppose the rebuilding even wanted to come in and kill the, re the rebuilders. They wanted to mount an attack against them and kill them. And, and this is a, a big threat, obviously. They're worried about this, and Nehemiah ends up finding out what, what happens, that they're trying to plan this attack and kill them and stop the rebuilding. And so what's Nehemiah do? Well, Nehemiah stations half the people to rebuild the wall and half the people to hold shields, spears, have breastplates on, weapons, just in case an attack does come. And he stations some in the weakest parts of the wall. He sets a guard up day and night. They make necessary preparations. They make the preparations just in case something bad did happen and these people came upon them to try to kill them. They had a guard set in place. And he even said, hey, listen, we're spread out way too far on this wall. If you hear the trumpet... There's a, basically a rally cry. When the trumpet blows, we need to come together and we need to fight. So they made these necessary preparations so that the work could continue, but they could also protect their, themselves. They could also protect everybody in the city rebuilding just in case something bad happened. So I, how I think this can apply to us is in the midst of oppositions, opposition, sometimes we have to pause and make a necessary plan. We've got to make preparations before we act. Again, sometimes we jump to things very quickly. And we make, we make maybe rash remarks or do something rash when really we need to just take inventory and think, okay, let's make a plan here. How are we going to respond to the threat? How are we going to respond to what's happening here, to the opposition that we're facing? And again, people jump the gun. And they do something rash and make a bad decision and it, make, and it leaves a bad impression on people when all we need to do is make a plan, when we just need to sit back and prepare. And if we would do that, we would protect everybody. And that's exactly what Nehemiah did. He put in place a plan in order to protect all the people who were rebuilding the wall. So that's number three. Number four, and, and finally here, we have to realize that God is with us. We have to realize that God is with us. Look at uh, Nehemiah 4 verse 14. 
When I saw their fear, when he saw the people's fear, I rose and spoke to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. And furthermore, in verse 20, he says, our God will fight for us. Nehemiah reminds the people that, listen, even though we're facing this opposition right now, even though we're, we're facing people who want to kill us, who want to over- undermine our operation, God's on our side. God's with us. And I think that's very important for us to remember that God's always with us too. We've got that promise as well. And I, it reminds me of Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. It says this, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. This is Joshua taking over for Moses. Moses had passed away, and he's tasked with leading the people into the promised land. And God says, do not be dismayed or frightened. I'm with you wherever you go. And the same holds true for us, that God is with us, even in the greatest amount of opposition and the greatest amount of problems. God's right there. He's fighting for us. He will fight for us. And what an encouragement that is that we've got the great and awesome God on our side. Stepping with us every step of the way. Working things out for us. I love this verse too. Psalm 46 verse 1. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help or a very present help in trouble. When we're in trouble, when we have problems, God's still with us. When we meet opposition, God's still there. God's still acting. And Nehemiah reminded the people that God is still there with us. So so don't worry about what's going on outside of here. Don't fear because God is still there and he's still acting. And that's the same for us. And I think sometimes we can forget that. When we go through our daily lives, we forget that God's with us. He's given us his spirit, but he's always promised to never leave us nor forsake us. And so when we meet opposition, we have to be reminded, and this may be the most important point, that God is with us. So how do we respond to opposition? Well, number one, we hand it over to God. Number two, we just keep working. Number three, we make necessary preparations. And number four, we realize that God is still with us. Unfortunately, I think when opposition has arisen, within the church or or against the church we haven't always responded in the right way and i'm not necessarily saying here at creekwood i'm just saying that the church at large we have to be careful in how we respond to opposition we have to be careful to how we act because again how we act is always going to get out to the world and it's going to leave an impression on the world and we want to leave a positive impression the most positive impression we can but i want to remind everyone with With God, we can overcome anything that we face. Any type of opposition or problems that we face, God can handle. And I think that, I don't know this for sure, but I think that as time goes on, the world may get more and more hostile. It may get more and more uh, opposed to the church. And we have to rely on God through it all, just like Nehemiah did and the people who rebuilt the wall there in Nehemiah chapter 4 here. Tonight, if you're struggling and you, you've maybe been dealing with opposition yourself in your life and you need help, we'd love for you to come forward. 
If, if you just want prayers for something different, we'd love to pray with you and for you as well. If you'd like to become a child of God and rely on him from here on out, we'd love for you to come forward. If you have any need, please come forward as we stand and as we sing.